Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. Episode nine of the Independent Intel Basketball Podcast with your host, Kim Bumani, and my co-host, Clement Gibson. We've been MIA the last few weeks, but we're here. And what better time to talk about all the NBA news that's been going on as we wind down the regular season. But before we dive into that, Clem, I know you probably had some time to catch March Madness. It's still going on currently, Sweet 16. I, I know everybody bracket is busted, but at least, Clem, is your final four teams, <laughs> are they still alive? Are they still alive, my guy? Yes, yes. Three of the four are still alive. Uh, Michigan State, UCLA, and uh, Houston I have in there. So um, hopefully that stays the same after today. UCLA is playing Gonzaga. Michigan State's playing right now. They're down in Kansas State. But um, Powell just went down with an injury. So um, obviously not wishing injury on anybody. Um, but I don't want my bracket to get busted. So that helps my chances. <laughs> what about you? How you how your final four looking? Well, um, me and my wife, we did a bracket together for her job. And our four final four teams are still in it. Alabama, uh, Gonzaga, Kansas State and Houston. They're all still alive. Um, Obviously, we were able to witness history this past weekend, a 16th seed, upset a one seed for just the second time ever with Farley Dickinson. And then, you know, Princeton's making a deep run as an Ivy League school. Um, Arizona went down early. I know that messed up a lot of people's brackets. That was my other final home. four team. I know, man. I had them going home, I think, second round or Sweet 16, so I was cool. But, you know, this is that time of the year, man, in basketball where surprises can happen, upstarts, upsets, all those things. So, Hope everything stays true and my final four picks make it to the national championship that's actually in Houston, Texas. So I know Houston trying to win it at the at the home. Yeah, that's great. So let's do it. But um, let's dive into these topics, man. Number one, Clem, your Denver Nuggets. Um, <laughs> it's a time to worry a little bit about them free falling. Now, before we start with the bad, good news. They've won two straight. They beat Brooklyn. They beat Washington. So they kind of got their wits about them together. But, Kalim, there were winners at eight of their last nine at one point. They were 46 and 19. Then they had a little low where they lost five of their last seven. Um, but they still sit top in the Western Conference. During that slide, did you lose a little faith? Did you get a little nervous? And despite all that, you know, the smoke starting to clear, Denver's still top dogs, like I just said. Do you have faith in them to win the Western Conference this year and represent them in the NBA Finals? Well, first, no, I did not have any concern. Um, and I, I ain't going to go ahead and say they're my Denver Nuggets. Uh, I ain't going to claim them. But <laughs> for the sake of this pod, uh, I'll go ahead and, and add them to the teams. But um, no, I'm not worried because every team goes through their drops. Honestly, if they didn't go through this, I would have been worried going into the playoffs. Like, okay, this is a team that's never won it before not only a championship, but the conference that's relatively still young um, going into the playoffs after having one of those, you know, squeaky clean seasons. We've seen it from Phoenix uh, last year. We've seen it from Utah past years before Atlanta Hawks back in the um, mid 2010s. So it's, it's something I think it's necessary to have that stretch of games where you're like, things are going wrong. So you can, course correct and um I think Mike Malone is a good coach so uh, I'm sure he got in them about it and uh holding guys accountable which I love um so no I'm not I'm not concerned at all um and 
every team, like I said, has gone through this. So I am seeing them continually make different changes and things like that. So now they're back on the two-game winning streak. And back to – well, actually, I can't even say back to – they're still in the same uh, spot at number one, going to crack 50 wins soon. They've already clinched the Northwest Division. Um, they're in a good spot, man. I'm not I'm not concerned at all. But as far as winning the West, uh, look, I I was riding with them all year. Um, I had a, a little blimp because you know my actual team are the Suns and the Pelicans. Um, and then once KD came over to the Suns, obviously that changed my mind a little bit. But KD has been hurt. He's only played three games with the Suns. Going into the playoffs, they might be starting off against the Clippers or even the Golden State Warriors. Um, both teams, I think, especially with their lack of cohesion, may be a really bad first-round matchup for them. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to stick with the Denver Nuggets to come out of the Western Conference. Yeah, man, because, you know, you built built the bandwagon for them early in the year. I kind of bought in. I jumped on, man. So, you I, know, I know, trying to, I see, know. trying to see what can happen. But, look, that losing stretch that they had, it was tough. I mean, they lost to the Spurs. Um, Brooklyn came into their home court and beat them. And during that stretch, Jokic was kind of getting isolated in pick and roll. Um, he was getting attacked on the defensive end. But I think what kind of had me be like, okay, they got through that was the start of their road trip when they played against the New York Knicks. They lost against the Knicks, but I started to see them get back to their ways. Um, you know, Jokic manning the point center spot, guys getting quality looks, Cats making consistent shots, their team defense, which I think for throughout the year has improved enough, showcased itself. They just lost to a pretty hot Knicks team at the time. And then to go into Brooklyn and get a quality win against a playoff team like them, they were down against Washington at the half. They go on a 63 to 47 second half run. All huge. But I think for them, they struggled during that stretch because Jamal Murray for about four straight games, he he sucked. I mean, he was shooting tour dates, man. 4-15 versus Chicago, 9-21 against the Spurs, 5-19 against the Knicks, 5-18 at Toronto. He looked like the Jamal Murray that I crowned as the most inconsistent point guard in the league before he got injured. He was kind of looking like that again where, you know, when he's on, it's great. When he's off, he's kind of a liability. And they need him and Michael Porter Jr., who's averaging 17 a game, shooting – 50% from the field, 40% from deep. They need those two to be consistent because they're going to be able to keep the defense honest when Jokic decides for a quarter or so to be in his playmaking mode. They got to execute off of quality looks, and that will allow Jokic to get favorable one-on-one matchups down the stretch, and then they can execute from there. But in reality, at the end of the day, they're not that great of a defensive team. But to be fair, nobody really is in the West except the Memphis Grizzlies. So... I think what they're going to be banking on is, look, they can score enough because I think their starting five as an offensive unit is championship caliber. And they have enough guys in KCP and others that can come off the bench and give them enough of a spark. I think it's just really going to come down to matchups. And I feel like they're in a comfortable position where as the top seed, I don't think they'll face their toughest comp until the Western Conference Finals. And I had a lot of hope, bro, on KD and the Suns working out. But he got hurt at the layup line. Chris Paul's been kind of trash. DeAndre Ayton's been MIA with injuries. And that's just a reminder that it just may not be the Suns year. So for Denver, 
they're in a solid position to get things done. I I just feel like, and we kind of talked like early in the year, we talked about it a little bit. And I'm curious to see if you feel like it still stands. I think the Nuggets and the Grizzlies, bro, are the two best teams in the conference. Do you agree? And do you feel like it'll come down to those two to decide who goes to the NBA Finals? Yeah, I mean, honestly, my stance on the Grizzlies hasn't changed. Um, I know that a lot more people are optimistic about them than I am. I'm glad to see Job back and Jaren um, having a monster offensive night on top of the defensive player of the year um, caliber season he's having. I, I'm just still not a believer. I think that with everything that's been happening with Ja, it's kind of overshadowed um, Adams being out and then also Brandon Clark being out. He played a huge part, on the, especially on the offensive rebounding end, uh, for them in those first two series against the uh, Warriors and Timberwolves last year. Um, and then also the departure of Kyle Emerson, who's playing really well for the Wolves and played a big part while Cat was out. And uh, DeAnthony Melton, who's also helping that uh, backcourt in Philly, coming in off the bench, bringing a defensive presence that Maxi and Harden doesn't have. So that's four guys who were in the rotation playing every single night all season who are not – well, three of the four we know for sure are not going to be there. But um, the jury is still out on Adams. And even if he does come back, like how healthy is he going to be? And he was a bit of a liability in the playoffs last year. That's why Brandon Clark was so um, instrumental for them. So I just look at those four core pieces they have. They still have Tyus. Aldama has stepped up. Um, and they've, they've added uh, David Roddy. Shout out to Minneapolis native David uh, Roddy. Um, but – I just I just don't trust them. Like I was skeptical last year with the bench that they had and they proved me wrong. Those guys were a little older, a little more experienced. Now this group is even younger, less experienced. Um, so I just I think I can see them getting out of the first round. Um, but I think they'll lose to um one of the more veteran teams in the second round. Hopefully it's Phoenix, so we can get a Phoenix versus Denver um showdown, but um I don't know, man. I just I can't I can't see them beating the Warriors. I know it hurts you to say I can't see them <laughs> can't beating, see the beating the Warriors. I can't see them beating the Clippers healthy. Um, and Paul George may come back in time. May, may not. Right. I think their best bet if they find a way to play if Sac wins in the first round and right. they play Sac, then I can see them getting to the conference finals and losing to the Nuggets. But unless they're playing Sac in the second round, I just don't see them getting through. I feel you. I think my big rebuttal to all that is the West as a conference. It's even worse than last year, um, which is crazy because coming into the year, we thought the conference as a whole would be better because everybody would stay relatively healthy throughout the year. That just hasn't happened. Um, look, the Brandon Clark absence was huge initially. I'm not going to lie. And then Xavier Tillman started to step up his game a little bit. I'm not saying he's Brandon Clark, but it allows them when they want to go small, yeah. he can be out there as a five and he's active enough around the basket and present some level of offense and respectability to where it works. Now, Kyle Anderson, DeAnthony Melton, those guys, I mean, early on in the year when they had that crazy stretch where they just couldn't beat Western Conference teams and they couldn't win on the road, that was an issue. But then Dave Arati from your state, Minnesota, he was a revelation recently. Aldama stepped up. 
Uh, Dylan Brooks, who we're going to get to later, he started to find his shot a little bit. And Tyus Jones proved why he's the best backup point guard in basketball. I just think the way the West will fall, um, we got to really see who they play in the first round. But I don't know if they'll have to play the Warriors, like, at all, unless they Warriors get to the conference finals. Because I think Golden State is going to rise going forward to end the year because they survived their gauntlet of a road trip. You know, I think they went two and three during that stretch. And the way Phoenix is kind of probably going to be barely hanging on until Durant comes back. Clippers don't have PG. OKC may rise as well. Memphis might mess around and in the first two rounds play teams that don't have the playoff level experience that they've had the past couple years. So I think that will get them at least to the conference finals where you play Denver. And who knows? If they're healthy, maybe they got a shot. I don't really see them going to the finals this year. I don't. I think best case scenario for them is conference finals. But I think the pathway is there. So I feel you on the experience. The only issue is the experienced teams have had issues this year with either staying healthy or being consistent on the floor. So So let me let me let me ask you this. Okay. Clippers and Phoenix. Hades, Hades back. Right. You you would pick Memphis over both of those teams if they played in the second round? I, but here's the thing, bro. I don't think they'll play Phoenix. They might no, play the Clippers. Because okay. if go, go to State 6 right now, I agree right, I right. think Golden State will probably jump into that fourth or fourth fifth spot. Team. Correct. All right. And then the Clippers going to move down to 6. Okay. So let's say the Clippers play second round one. They knock Sack out. It's Memphis versus the Clippers. Paul the George Clippers. is back at that point. Uh-huh. I think they can beat the Clippers because the Clippers, they're, wow. not the same, they're not the same defensively anymore, bro. They're not. Okay. Like, if you would have asked me this early in the year, heck no. I'm like, yo, Kawhi, PG, yeah. But I've seen them recent. They're just not the same defensively. Um, okay. Oklahoma City, they played them a couple nights ago. They were struck. They, they lost to them. Even when Paul George, before he went out, they were struggling to beat a team where we can honestly say, okay, see, they've been a surprise this year. Now, got to give myself a pat on the back. Say if they didn't take this year, they could win at least 30 games. They won at least 30 games. But, well, let's be real, bro. We didn't expect them to be a playoff team, and that's what it looks like they'll be. They struggled against them. They also struggled against the Grizzlies without Ja, like when he early on got suspended. So healthy Memphis, do I think the Clippers can beat that? No, I don't. So I just feel like everything is falling Memphis's way right now. Ja's come back into the lineup. They're able to stabilize the fort. There's a chance Steven Adams can return right before the playoffs. We can agree, you know, them and Sacramento were jockeying for the two seed. They have a three-game lead on that, and their schedule to end the season is very favorable. Memphis is probably going to be the two seed. And the way everything is shaping up, they won't have to worry about Memphis. They won't have to – I mean, not Memphis. They won't have to worry about Golden State, Phoenix, or the Clippers because I don't think they'll really play those teams in the first two rounds. They'll probably have to worry about maybe Dallas – but then they've been struggling. We don't get to Luka today. Now, Minnesota could be a problem because Cat's back. That whole dynamic with Cat and Gobert. But I feel like Minnesota's probably a year away because Conley's just being reinserted to their team. I think this is a little bit too late for them to be hitting their stride. But who knows? So I just feel like Memphis, they're very fortunate this year, Clem. Because it didn't look good. A couple, but it didn't. But all these stories about waiting until Golden State get it together. Waiting until Dallas. We was hype about KD and the Suns. It just hasn't happened this year. And I'd be a little bit foolish to just automatically believe, well, in the playoffs, all those teams will turn on and be competitive factors. I just don't see it. 
this year. But your thoughts? Um, <clears throat> I think it's going to pan out. They're going to have to play one of these teams because Denver is not moving from the one. Memphis is not. not moving from the two. Right. Even if they move from the two, if they swap with Sack, let's say they end up three. Yeah. Either Phoenix, the Clippers, or Golden State, one of those teams are going to be in the three, six, two, seven matchup. So either way, they're going like they're going to have to play one of those three teams. That's what I'm saying. So if they play the Warriors, the Clippers, or Phoenix, I cannot see them beating those teams. Me personally. Um, so that's where I'm I'm stuck on. I just I would have to see it happen in order for me to believe it. Just because I still believe like there's a, a formula to beat them, even though Triple J has gotten uh, better offensively and Bain has continued to get better. Um I just think they've lost too many pieces. And if you eliminate Ja, there's a way to like stimulate their offense. But we'll see. Time will tell as always. We'll see. We'll see indeed. Moving on to topic number two. Should Luka Doncic still be first team all NBA or has the gap closed? Now, Luka's numbers this year, Clem, they've been outstanding. Shooting 49.8 from the field. He's averaging 32, 8, and 8. But he's only played 58 or 59 games this year. He's missed 14. Um, he's been 31 and 27 during that stretch. But he's been 3 and 6 since they got Kyrie. Last three games before he was injured and then set out for the next four. He shot 22 from 60 from the field, 6 of 25 from deep. Now, he returned yesterday against Golden State, and he laid a stunker. 11 of 27 from the field, 2 of 10 from deep, got 24 of his 30 points from the field, went 6 of 10 at the line. So, really since last four games, he shot 33 of 87 from the field, a horrendous 8 of 35 from three, and Dallas has went 1 and 3 in that stretch. I actually tweeted um, last weekend. I was like, yo, these are my All-NBA first, second, third teams. Kind of went a little viral because Luka was second team for me. And a lot of the Luka stands was like, bro, how could you? Like, Luka's first team. I'm like, hey, I mean, he was for me too. But got hurt. His place kind of towed off from what it was early in the year. And I said, you know what? I'll do this. And I'm going to ask this to you, Clint. If Luka... In these next 11 games, because the gap between 4 to 12 is really finite. It's small. If he could get Dallas to at least a top six seed, he's first team for me again. But let's say Dallas misses the playoffs and Luka continues to flame out to end the year. Can you say he's still first team all NBA this season? Yeah. um, It's going to be tough, but... Honestly, I still think he's going to be first team on NBA. And I know you hate the whole precedent and it's only about this year. But history matters, man. It, it, it matters, you know. Like, if you've never done it before, people have to see you do it consistently for them to award you with that. And that's the main case here with SGA and De'Aaron Fox. They've never performed at this level before so in prior decades and years we've seen it where it's like okay a guy has a good year he gets all the flowers and accolades and then he falls off the cliff the following year most recently julius Randle, um although he has bounced back 
a lot of times we don't see these guys bounce back. So I just think that we have to see it consistently. And Luca, we've seen it consistently. Last three years, he's been all NBA. Um, and he spent two-thirds of this season in the MVP combo. Um, not in the top three with, you know, the 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 centers that run the league, or big men, I should say, that run the league. But outside of those three guys, it's really been him and Tatum accompanied by them in the top five. Um, so I know the last – the way he's been ending, um, ending the season hasn't been the strongest, but I'm not going to overlook two-thirds of the season for the one-third that he's been lackluster, if you will. So I think if Ja was having – one of those crazy years, if he would have never gone through this whole incident he went through, or if De'Aaron Fox came out the gate playing the way that he's been playing since the All-Star break, um, or if Shea was just frankly winning more games and was like securely in the top four in the Western Conference, it would definitely be one of them over him. But when you just look at the option of those four, I think, I mean, hell, I think some people are going to throw Curry in there over them. Um, just because of his name. And, I mean, he has had a pretty good season. It's just he's been hurt, and the team has been off and on, 500, can't win on the road. So I think he's going to be first-team on NBA. I think it's just a matter of finding who that second guy is going to be. Like I said, Shea has spent, I think, at least half the season in the top 10 debate for MVP, um, despite them being, I think, down to 13 at one point. Um. And he seemed like he coming for LeBron neck right now. I, I still remember that comment he said at All-Star Weekend. He's like, oh, he, he, we ain't playing defense this whole time. He want to block my shot? Okay. And then we seen the comment he said about being a Kobe fan early in the year. Um, and then um, the recent comment he made about not being 6'8 and, and, you know, physically dominant. So he don't mess with Brown because of that. You know, I, I think – he's going to really be trying to stick it to Brian and don't be surprised if at the end of the season when they get in, he, he has like some kind of quote or he says something like, yeah, you want to, you wanted to block my shot? Well, I'll block you off the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I stay in all of it, but um, needless to say, I think that uh, it's tough. I think De'Aaron's going to make third team. I think that Shea's probably going to get second team. I think Curry's going to get second team. I think Ja's going to come back, have a great end to the year, and then he's going to be the first team along with Luka. And then Dame, I think he can pencil in for third team. So, yeah, that's that's why I, I, I think it's going to pan out. All valid points. Oh, hold points. on. Jalen Brown, though, and Donovan Mitchell. Hold on. Yeah, I'm see, not, see, I'm, see <laughs> forgot about them. Yeah. I was thinking of West. Right. Okay. <laughs> Hold on, let we, me. It, we we gonna make our list for this we, time, but we, we, we gonna we gonna get to it, <laughs> right? We gonna get to it. But um, look, I think, I think SGA's first team, bro. Like I really do. Look, um, since that post All Star break, when he's been healthy, when he's played these eight games, they've went six and two, and they beat Golden State, they beat Brooklyn, they beat the Suns, they just beat the Clippers. He's shooting fifty percent in four of OKC's last seven wins. And he's led the Thunder to a 36 and 36 record, which is the same record as the Dallas Mavericks, bro. Look, my issue with SGA early on in the year was phenomenal talent. They're not winning enough for me, for me to just buy into him being a first team All NBA guy, for me to just buy into him being a top 20 player. Well, they winning now. 
And I think they're gonna they're gonna make the playoffs, bro. They're gonna make the playoffs, which is yeah. crazy. So I think he's got that guard spot locked now for his team, especially if they're a six seed, if they're out of the play-in by the end of the year, and they're a six seed playing the Sacramento Kings round one. He's first team all NBA, and it's deserved. So now we got one guard spot left, and I think it's gonna come down between Luca and Ja. Because I, I put De'Aaron Fox last week. He kind of tailed off a little bit. And then the way Ja has come back, you know, he came back off the bench. He was, he was solid. And his number so far is 27, 8, and 8. And I feel like the, the way it is numerically, I think he's played more games than Luka. Or if he hasn't played more games than Luka, the gap isn't that small. They both played under 60 games. So if Ja finishes the rest of the year playing and Memphis submits themselves as a two-seed, and he adds to his already averages. I think he can take that first team spot from Luca. And there's not really a lot Luca fans can really say outside of all right, well, Luca 32, 8, and 8. I could just be like, well, bro, if Dallas is not in the playoffs, how can he be first team? I, I know a lot of guys are gonna say, yo, they're gonna get in the playoffs, bro. They're gonna I, get in the playoffs. Are, are we sure though? Because Jason Kidd talking like, eh, and who knows? I mean, look, right now they're in the seventh seed. They're in the play-in. But let's say they go on a, a continuous lull. I wouldn't be shocked if Dallas says, you know what? We feel like we got Kyrie for the significant future. Luka's our long-term investment. Let's shut it down the final five games of the season. And if they do that and Luka continues to play how he's playing recently, I don't know how he'd be first team. But I just – I think first team's going to come down between him and Ja. If he's able to right the ship for the Mavs, I think he'll get it. But Ja coming back after that eight-game suspension spices things up. Because I think a lot of people thought he was done for the year. But he comes back just in time with some change left. I think the media overall, the NBA media, is kind of giving bro a pass. They want bro to succeed. They think he's next up. So if he does his job, he can still be first team. And I, I mean, and people really can't have a problem with it because, yeah, Memphis has a winning record with Ja out the lineup. But when he was there, they went 35 games. And he's a top 10 player in the game. So I think it's going to come down to those two. Um, and also, by the way, SGA, when he's played, bro, under 30 and 31. So the gap, he's got the other guard spot on lock. And I just feel like the way Luka's trajecting right now is going to get tight. And I didn't ex- we didn't expect this, bro. Throughout the year, we said Luka and Ja, first team, throughout the year. And then Ja got suspended, and then Luka got hurt. And then Fox and, and, and Curry, Curry and Booker were in that mix too. Cool. Like they, they were in that mix too. And yeah. Curry got injured. So they got, Booker got yeah, injured. So they both got hurt. Ja got suspended. Luca got hurt. And then before Luca got hurt, he wasn't playing well the last few games. And then when they're out, SGA and Fox close the gap, bro. This is like the closest all NBA first team guard race I've ever seen. Because we kind of already know what the front court is going to be. It's going to be Giannis. And I, they're going to find a way to put Embiid and Jokic on the first team together. They have this little rule where they can put one of the two at power forward, and I yeah. think that's what they're going to do. So we know the front court. We know what that's going to be. It's going to be the top three MVP candidates. That backcourt spot is spicy, and it's really crucial because it gets into Kai's pockets. Like, if Ja doesn't make All-NBA, bro, he's going to lose $39 million. Now, do I think he's going to make All-NBA? He will. <laughs> I don't think we got to work. We just need to find out what team. And, you know, I, I know a lot of guys like Luka, but – I don't know. Like he's not really projecting to be first team. He's gonna be on an all NBA squad. But you know, when I put the tweet out there, 
Cats was in their feelings. I understand. It was like a 2 a.m. tweet. I feel them. I ain't got nothing against you. <laughs> I feel them. I ain't got nothing against Euro Harden. I understand we could be long term. I just know right now hasn't been playing well. And we're gonna have a conversation about the Mavericks very soon on this pod because we said early on him and Kyrie was not gonna work and it's not working. But it sounds like those guys are gonna be back another season. And statistically, I, I ain't gonna lie, I test and statistically wise, Clem, they play better with Kyrie on the floor than Luca. Yeah. That's not a good sign. It's yeah. Not. Yeah, man. It's I mean, first of all, just like the the guard play in the West alone, like not even in the whole league, it's just crazy right now. I Super mean, think crazy. about it. Like you got Ja in Memphis, you got De'Aaron in in Sacramento, you got Book right. who obviously was hurt, but like was first team All NBA last year. Um, Paul George has made uh, multiple All NBA teams and. The way he's been playing, like recently, has before his injury was was pretty well. Uh, I don't think he was going to make an All NBA team, but you know, it, the uh, first team, first team All, fourth team NBA, as I like to say. <laughs> um, Curry, I mean, Stephen Curry dropped fifty ball recently. Like he's been hurt, but I just I don't know. I can't see them not putting him on the first or second team. Ant has had a revelation. All Star breaking beyond has helped kept his team afloat. So, like, there could be arguments there for him on the third team. Obviously, Shea, second or first team. Luka, um, first team. And then you even look at, um, hell, Damian Lillard. Like, I don't think – at this point, I don't think he did, he's going to make a team. But, like, that's going to be my forward, too. Ooh, he going to be crying. Oh, he's he gonna is gonna be crying, crying. but he should be. I mean, he did too much. But you gotta, but... you gotta, you gotta pencil in Donovan Mitchell too. And I mean, Jalen Brown, I, I would, I would say is a um, shooting guard. But I, I can definitely see him. He's gonna make the team as a small forward just because it's just gonna be too packed. It's gonna be five Western Conference guards and Donovan Mitchell, I believe. But oh, that list is. I can't wait till that list drops. That's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be exciting indeed. The only easy thing about the list so far. No Harden either. Nope. I mean, when I put my thing out, you know, a couple nights ago, Harden was on 13, but bro, the way it's going and then Harden's hurt right now. Where'd you where'd you have Curry? I don't think Curry was on it. He was I he wasn't on it. But if the Warriors finish out how they how I think they can, he'll be on it. He'll be on mine for sure. He will. He'll be on there. So but, bro, that's that's how crazy it is in the league, bro. Like, we're going to have some fabulous guards not make it. And I think the media, what they're going to do, as they should, by the way, it's going to really come down to team success. Like, all right, look, all y'all kind of yeah. equally talented. So which good. team has the best success when their star player is on the floor? And that's going to leave out a Lillard that might, you know, Luka going to find a way. But that's going to hurt a Lillard. So, I, you know, early on we was talking, Lillard was balling for, like, a huge month. And there were some guys on Twitter like, yo, Lillard should be first team. I'm like, over who? <laughs> first right. team? He ain't making the playoffs? Like, come yeah. on, man. So, Sorry, look, man. yeah, love Lillard, but just leave Portland, bro. But another topic for another day. <laughs> next, <laughs> next up is Dylan Brooks good for the league. The brass talking villainous fire starter for the Grizzlies. Clint. It's become a media darling for all of the antagonistic reasons. Like, they really just bring this dude up just to troll the audience. But whether it's belittling Draymond Green, trash-talking Clay, or even pushing down a cameraman versus the Heat, he did apologize, but that was bad. 
Brooks has, in a way, Quinn, we could agree, become the Grizzlies' unsung hero and emotional leader when John Moran was out during his suspension. Uh, is his media advertised edge to you a good thing for the game in your eyes or a bad one? I think it's a great thing. Um, I mean, look. NBA is an entertainment league. Obviously, it's a it's it's a sports league, but it's also entertainment. People want to be entertained, and as long as he's not out here, like I mean, he did have that situation where he punched Donovan Mitchell's in the balls, um, and he did recently push a cameraman. It was I don't know. I I feel like it was it was a little bit like hard to tell at first, like if he was was. trying to like leverage to get back into the play or if he was like, really, like, get off of me type thing. But I don't know. Anyways, I don't think he's, like, has bad intentions. And I know sometimes it's hard to really, like, read in between the lines and decipher that. But I, I personally, just watching him play, I think he's just a menace. He likes to get in people's skin. Um, he does. It's all fun and games. Um, the only thing I don't like, I think he's trying too hard to be like Draymond. And I think he's his own, like, he's his own menace in his own way, you know? Like, Draymond's more like – I feel like he gets into it more with the refs than he does, like, players. Like, he leverages – Draymond's, like, more um, maniacal with his approach. Like, mm-hmm. he's he's playing chess out there. Like, how far can I push the refs? And these guys see me talking to the refs a certain way, so they're going to try to do it, knowing that they ain't got the pull I got. You know, he's, he's not going to, like – you know, be pushing and shoving in your face. He's going to be doing all the little things when y'all boxing out. He's going to wrap his arm around your leg. He's going to, you know, like all the all the little things that people don't see, like he's going to get under your skin that way. You know, he's going to talk a little jazz and then he's going to be clapping. He's going to be flexing, like all those little things. Um, I think Dylan Brooks is different in his own approach. And I think he should recognize his own lane and own that and, you know, ride with it because it's working. It's helping them out a lot because I remember <clears throat> I was someone who believed that that type of person is needed on the championship team. But other people, I won't say too many names, Cam, uh, <laughs> thought that he shot too much. He was a bad fit in the locker room. They need to get rid of him this season, blah, blah, blah. And I've always said I think every championship team has a crazy person in the locker room. And you need it. You know, you need that crazy person who's going to push guys to the edge. And that's who he is for for them. Yeah, look, I'm going to be honest about Dylan Brooks. Last few years, I'm like, get rid of the guy. Because I'm just on a (laughs) basketball tilt. He's just inconsistent. Like, he he replaced Jamal Murray as the most inconsistent player in the league for me. But when Ja was gone, I got it. Like, he really took control of that locker room. He heard the noise. Y'all don't have no vets. Y'all need a leader. We all know him and Steven Adams. They're the two oldest guys on the team. And he took it upon himself to be like, I'm going to be the leader here. Like, I'm going to take control of the locker room and get us through this tough time. And it's worked. Now, you got a show on the court. And 13 to 27 from deep, bro. And he had a huge shot against the Spurs to send it to overtime. Um, He was huge in both Warrior victories for the Grizzlies in terms of how he guarded Curry and how active he was on both ends. So, like you said, He's their dream on. And I'm not going to deny that every team needs a menace on their squad that can get under the opposition skin because you need that to go all the way. Um, To me, 
you're right. Like Draymond is an antagonizer to the refs, and he does these little slick things in the field of play to where it's like, all right, cool. Draymond, I'm not Draymond. Dylan reminds me a little bit of Dennis Robin. Now I'm not saying I was gonna say Robin. that. I was right. Say that. He brought me a Dennis Robin, and I put that on Twitter, and cats. Came at me. They're like, well, Dennis Rodman is a 10-time... Re- Bro, I'm not comparing Dylan Brooks' career to Dennis Rodman's career, but it's the same stuff I used to hear all the time from my dad, where Rodman knew coming in, like, I could do, I could really irritate cats and get under their skin and get them off their game. And it worked. And it helped a lot. Like, they really became his persona after he left the Bad Boy Pistons. That's become Dylan Brooks' persona as well, to the point where Everybody talking, like Clay talking, Donovan Mitchell talking. Now, my only issue with Dylan Brooks is this. All right. You got to stand on it. So he's doing a back and forth with Kyrie. Kyrie's very passive aggressive. They played a game a few nights ago. They win. Dylan comes up to Kyrie and is like, yo, I want your jersey. Kyrie gives him the jersey. Dylan takes his off thinking, yo, you're going to take mine. Kyrie, like, I'm good. Out. And Kyrie stood on it by being passive aggressive. And say, yeah, I just forgot. Nah, bro, you didn't forget. I thought that was very corny of Kyrie because my stance on it is, look, if you don't like the guy, you don't have to give him your jersey. Now, if he comes up to you in front of the cameras, you could tell him, look, bro, we could do this off to the side. Off to the side, we can exchange. I could save face. You could save face. Boom. But he wanted to show him up. I thought that was corny, especially from a cat that's like, yo, I'm for all people. Yeah. People in the Congo struggle. Come on, bro. Like, that's another black man. Do, do, do. I'm just saying, going off of how you be. That being <laughs> said, Dylan, after the game, he starts talking. I'm like, yo, he a Kyrie fan. And I'm like, okay. So if you fans of your peers, then you have to make a decision. All right. Are you going to take the Rodman route, which is, yo, the only guys I'm cool with are the people on my team. I'm out here trying to get under the op skin. And then when it's all said and done, I'm okay with severing my relationship with my NBA brotherhood guys. Or if you want to be cool with these stars, you got to want to be cool to these stars. You got to stop being dirty. You just got to be a pro. And I think that threw me off because he started talking about Kyrie. Like, man, Kyrie, like Kobe, like Jordan. I like what he's doing off the floor. I'm like, but you a Kyrie fan? Like, okay, that's that's different. But um, in terms of his personality, it's working. He's, uh, he's under every warrior player's skin with the exception of Steph Curry. I think Steph Curry understands who Dylan Brooks is. Draymond and Clay try to act delusional. I get mm-hmm. that. They have a track record that allows them to be delusional in peace. But it's effective because they keep talking about him. And he's a responder and he's going to come at it. But they're going to need Dylan Brooks, in my opinion, to continue to bring that energy on the floor and play well on top of it for them to be successful. When Draymond, I think the changer was Draymond trolled this man on his podcast, basically like, yo, they don't need you. Whoop, whoop. You a liability. The dynasty going to start without you. None of the Memphis media defended Dylan Brooks, bro. I was on Twitter. I saw it. There was like, I mean, Draymond was kind of right. Dylan comes out after <laughs> that. Looked like a whole new cat. Like kind of how he looked early on in the league where he looked like a potential budding two-way player. If he's locked in, they have a chance to win a championship. They do. But he's going to have to be there. And I think now he's at a point and I'm going to, you know, pass this off to you. He's kind of in that Draymond twilight zone. He's racked up on a lot of technicals to where now if he gets two in the playoffs. He's going to be suspended for a game. Are you confident he can balance 
being a menace on the floor, but being dependable on it as well and not get lost up into the villain moniker that he's dumping on himself and is actually working for the squad. No, and that's another part as much. And I know it's a bit contradicting because I just sat here and talked about how much I like Dylan Brooks and how much you need a guy like that on the championship team. But you look at Rodman. Rodman had not only – he had Jordan who was like, would tell you to shut the fuck up. Excuse my language. <laughs> and, but he also had Phil who would walk him to the side and explain and talk things through. Draymond had um, – Kerr wasn't really someone who would, like you know, like be authoritative, but he's kind of like a good in-between of like Michael and uh, Phil where – He's not going to be, like, super soft with his approach, but he'll get his point across. And then Curry is, like, a level-headed. Like, he had two level-headed guys above Draymond's pay grade who – well, maybe not Curry's not above his pay grade, but two level-headed guys who can tell him what to do and calm him down. Um, and then also with him being, like, the third best player or fourth best player on most of their teams, like, he knew where he stood, you know, amongst, like, a Kevin Durant or – amongst a Stephen Curry, whereas Ja's not, I can't see Ja telling Dylan Brooks to like chill out. He actually like listen or respect him. I think some of it is age. Like he's like, you're younger than me, but you also just did get in trouble. Uh, and then <laughs> it's not really Taylor Jenkins vibe. Like he, he's a guy I feel like could say something, but I just don't think he's been somebody who's been correcting them throughout the year. So it'll be like a little, awkward or hard to do that and then Steven Adams is probably the perfect guy to do it but it's going to be a little hard too because he's going to be somebody who's not probably playing as much and he doesn't have the status in the league like uh, Iggy had um, to talk to Draymond or Michael Jordan had to talk to um, um, Dennis Rodman or even like a Kobe or Phil with Ron Artest like that's another great example so um, that's the only thing I think is the problem with him. There's nobody like above him to be like, put the hand down. Like, look, it stops here. We're not, we're not saying no more. We're not doing no more. Um, So it'll be interesting to see if Taylor Jenkins, you know, crosses that line or if Jai crosses that line um, after losing, you know, some of the respect in the locker room with what happened with everything. I agree. And I'm going to even open this book even wider and go deeper. You know, the Bulls and the Lakers, you're right. MJ was the leader. Kobe was the leader. Phil Jackson was the calming mediator. So they were able to offset the um, antics of Rodman and Artest enough to where when it came time to play basketball, they were there to play basketball. And they were very dependable at doing it as well. Memphis, they remind me a lot. And I was really thinking about this. They remind me a lot of the Warriors. Like the way they built their team. It's kind of like Golden State, where Dylan and Draymond, for better or worse, they're the leaders, and that could be a problem. So <laughs> the good side is, you know what I'm saying? Um, they're rah-rah. They hold people accountable. They're smart as heck. They're, when they're locked in, very dependable, jack-of-all-trades. They're going to give you everything you got. The downside is... They can get caught up in everything outside of the game of basketball while they're playing basketball. And because of that, they may get in foul trouble. They may get thrown out. They may be suspended. 
Now, Golden State was able to offset that throughout Draymond's history because they either had Durant, they had Curry, and then last year they had Wiggins. So we all know what happened in the playoffs last year. Clay and Draymond sucked. And if it wasn't for Curry and Wiggins, <laughs> they don't win a championship. And so my thing with Memphis is they've built a lot of depth on their squad going forward to where if Dylan loses himself, maybe they can survive a game. But I saw how they played against the Rockets last night. They re- Dylan Brooks is, bro, he they heart and soul to defense, bro. Like, I know Jaron's going to win defensive player of the year. But Dylan takes the best player. He goes through the screens. Consummate hustle guy. They missed that last night against Houston to the point where Jalen Green getting 30. Rockets hanging around. It was a tight game down the stretch. And so that's kind of the issue for me. And so to bring it all together, Memphis, Golden State, it's like the same team. You know, Josh, they curry. Best player, very talented, but they're not the leaders. That's why, you know, when every, you know, when Golden State's been wilding out, you know, they try to be like, yo, Curry's the leader. Curry ain't the leader, bro. That's the problem. Draymond <laughs> is. So when he wilds out, the buffer is Kerr, and he's very even killed, and he tries to micromanage the best way he can, kind of like Taylor Jenkins, but they're not an authoritative figure with status, like a feel or a pop. So where they could be like, all right, all right, chill, and then everybody going to chill. <laughs> so yeah. Kerr, Jenkins, same. Ja Curry, same. Desmond and Clay, same cat. I think their Iggy is, from a versatility perspective, is a Jaron Jackson because he could guard on the perimeter a little bit. He could protect the rim. Steven Adams is they loony. And then I could say Tyus Jones is they Livingston. Like, I mean, it's, bro, it's the same team. They play different, but how they built is kind of crazy. The problem is Draymond, Dylan, leaders. Warriors were able to offset that because they were so talented. And Draymond could lose himself, but Curry, best shooter ever. Durant, top 15 player all time. Clay, top three shooter ever. Like, they were that talented. I don't know if Memphis got all that talent. Like, they're very good. Right. (laughs) But I don't know if they got all that. And so, Athletic had an article, and it was about Dylan. And Dylan talked about how he's going to be able to manage his emotions come playoff time. But I believe it when I see it. When he's out there and he's invested, they look like the best team in the West. The problem is he's he's built up too much ammunition with the text. I, I'm just banking on the fact that he's gonna miss time in the playoffs, bro. Like he just is, he just is. And if he's not there, can Memphis survive like Golden State was able to during stretches of their dynastic run? We'll see. Yeah, I think structurally, um, and I, I remember saying this in the chat too. Um, Memphis does remind me a lot of um, Golden State, but I think talent-wise, there's a gap because Draymond in his prime was a All NBA perennial guy, Defensive yeah. Player of the Year, All Star every year. Um, Dylan Brooks is never going to be that. Um, Clay Thompson in his prime was an All NBA caliber. Um, one of the best two-way guards in the league, probably the best, him and Jimmy Butler, Paul George, you can pick and yeah. choose, but one of the best shoot, second best shooter during his his playing time. Um, and then obviously Curry, as much as Jaws great, but Curry is in that top 15 conversation. You know, he's sure. he's one of the best players of his era. And I don't know if Jaws or Bain is gonna reach that clay curry level. 
Um, but you, I think you did a good job diving deeper into it. Another good example we didn't touch on was Steven Jackson with the Spurs um, when they won yeah. that championship. He wasn't with them as long, but he was another wild card guy. But you had your Tim Duncan, who was like Curry, who isn't going to say much, but he's better. So if you see him like taking and listening to the authority, authoritative figure in pop, then you need to chill the hell out too. So yeah, um, all right. We've seen we we've seen it in history. I mean, another one, Rasheed Wallace. Um, yeah, he was a lot better than you know the guys usually um, in this role. But you had a Chauncey Billups, um, who was more of the the chiller guy, and then you had a Larry Brown who was like go crazy, <laughs> and exactly. he would tell anybody off. So yeah, uh, it, it's gonna be interesting. Um, but it's going to be very exciting because he has uh, been good for the NBA, I think. Yeah, he's been fantastic. Uh, like I stated before, it reminds me a lot of Golden State in terms of their structure. But I think potentially long term, they'll probably be the bad boy Pistons of our era if they win the chips, you know, because that toughness, got to win the chips. I don't know. That toughness, how they embody the city. What they bring to the table. I mean, that's their trajectory. But you're right. Gotta win the rings before we move on from Dylan. Gotta shout out his defensive prowess this season. He held SGA under 30 points per game twice when they matched up during that stretch where SGA was going off. Held Curry in check twice when they played in Memphis. And he gave Zion that work too early in the year when he was dominating. <laughs> I think yeah, Dylan Brooks was. is gonna make he's gonna make an all NBA defensive team this year. Might even be first team. Um, the way the media has been covering him and promoting him. He's going to be a first-team defensive All-NBA guy. So, he's got to accolade up there kind of like Draymond. Need more, but it's it's up there. Need a lot more. Need a lot more. Uh, Last but not least, which disappointing teams, Clem, need full sale changes this offseason? It's been a rough year for the Miamis of the world. Yeah, Miami, 40 wins. They're going to make the playoffs, but it's been a rough year for them. Been rough for Atlanta. It's been rough for Golden State, the Lakers the Wolves, et cetera. It's fair to say they've all underperformed expectations with some of them having a crazy chance to not make the dance at all. Which teams do you think will make need to make full sale changes this year? And I got two already in my notes that I kind of want to, you know, push upon you and see where you're coming at. I got the Hawks as one. Now they got their mm-hmm. coach in Quinn Snyder, so they're set for the future going forward. But at the end of this year, I think it's fair to say they may move on from Capella. They may move on from John Collins and be committed to building around Trey and DeJounte Murray. Where do you see the Hawks looking at the future this offseason? And is it fair to say in 2024, they're going to have a whole new front court starting for them next season? Unrelated. I know you see me keep looking over, but you might want to throw throw it on on the side like I got it. The Kansas State-Michigan State game is crazy right now 94 92 overtime overtime uh, damn yes Powell has 18 points 18 assists he just threw a a lob to Keon Johnson to Dunkey that just put him up there's 42 seconds left in overtime Um, love it love it love it K-State let's get um, it but (laughs) (laughs) back to the question I we we kind of talked about this and um when we were talking about the the team one I'm gonna go to and I feel like the NBA is in a good place where every team has some kind of guy to look forward to. Um, and I really thought about that when I was creating this list. I mean, I only have really one team, 
but I know you was going to bring some teams to the table. So um, the Hawks was one of them I thought about. They didn't make the list. Um, the two that I guess they're on the fringe is the Wizards and the Bulls. Like, I don't know. In a way, I like the, the Beal, Porzingis, Kuzma, excuse me, connection. I wish, like, they had a, a true point guard because um, I think Monty Morris and um, Kendrick Nunn are both good backup point guards, but not, like, somebody you want to, like, start for your team. So I would I would like to see them break it up just because I think Kyle Kuzma wants to go play for a contender, like him playing with that Lakers team. Um, I think maybe elevated himself more than he thinks he, he should be, but I can see him going to like somewhere like Miami, maybe they've been needing a, a, a versatile four. Um, I can see him going there and, and trying to compete there, but the Wizards are probably like, one team I thought of, and then also the Bulls, like, it's just with Lonzo being hurt, I mean, Pat Bev's not really the answer. The sumo has been playing good, but he's not, like, the answer either. He's a little too young. You know, he got still some more things to to work on. And then Vooch just doesn't fit this, you know, Levine and, and DeRozan. Um both guys who want the ball in their hands. And then Patrick Williams has not progressed the way that we thought he was going to progress. So it's just like they just got a lot of pieces that just don't fit. So I think the Wizards or the Bulls would probably blow it up just because, like, they have a bunch of guys who aren't good enough to, like, lead your team to the playoffs, but also are, like, not bad enough to, like, tank and be a lottery team while they're there. Um Ooh, I thought he was going to make that shot. Um, but the main team that I think <laughs> needs to blow it up, 100%, the Portland Trailblazers. It's over. It's over. It <laughs> is, bro. They need it's horrible. Immediately. I mean, let's start with Nurkic, all right? He continues to score less and play less games every single year over the last four years. All right. right. He had a, a really bad injury, played eight, eight uh, games. And then I think every year after that, he's been playing less than 60 games. Um, and then his, his scoring average has gone down every single year um, since that injury. So obviously, his the way he plays his play style anyways is already kind of like dinosaurish in today's NBA. So I think they need to move on from him. Um, Dame is getting older and he's not a number one. Like, and that's not a bad thing. I think if he today's like, all right, well, I want to go play with Embiid or or Giannis or whoever, any like top five player in the game today, he's gonna be like the best number two. It'll be like him, like a James Harden, like, and he automatically propels any team that has a player better than him to be in a like championship contender status. Um and then, like, the whole Simons-Dane thing, it was just, like, a CJ-Dane 2.0. But, like, CJ has, like, a, a better hand of the ball. He can score better um, from mid-range and, I think, um, around the basket, even though Simons is more athletic. And he's just not a good defender. It's just, like, it didn't solve any problems. It was just kind of like a swap in, swap out. And then Grant... I had high hopes for, but he's looking more so like a number three on a championship team than a number two. 
Um, and he's a guy who's been wanting a bigger role since he left Denver. He went to the Pistons. They didn't win anything. <laughs> Came <laughs> to Portland. They're not winning anything. Uh, but I think he's a championship player. Like he, I think he makes winning plays. He plays hard. But I think he wants a role too big for what he can like offer on a consistent uh, basis. So ultimately, I just think Dane needs to. And, and I know it won't happen, but I just think he needs to, you know, look himself in the mirror and say, hey, I've done the best that I can. Let me pull a Clyde Drexler and get up out of here. Let me pull a Bill Walton and get up out of here and go get me a ring on a team with somebody who's better than me and still be an integral part. Like, who knows? Maybe he can team up with somebody. You know, he's clutch. He can, you know, handle it down the stretch. And he may be able to get a finals MVP just on the right team with the right player. Um, But nothing's happening in Portland. And he's just wasting his 40 balls and 60 balls and 70 balls and all of that in Portland, not making the playoffs, not going to be making all NBA teams, and he's getting older. So that's the team for sure I think needs to break it up. Yeah, I want to address the Wizards and the Blazers. To be honest, they're the same team. Wizards are just the Blazers of the East. Blazers are just the Wizards of the West. I think Washington is in a unique spot. From what I've read, Kyle Kuzma is really focused on the bag and travel. And he likes that he's able to go home to Flint. He likes that I guess out of the D.C. airport, he's able to go overseas and see the world. So if the Wizards just come up to him and it's like, listen, young man, we will give you a semi-max deal. He's going to be with the Wizards. He's already got a ring. Um, I heard him kind of talk a little bit to Draymond when he was on his podcast about his journey in the NBA was crazy. I don't know if you knew this. When obviously pre-draft process, you leave your, your college, you kind of talk to scouts, talk to execs, and you gauge where you are. And they were kind of like, yo, Kyle Kuzma, you are in essence a late second round pick. And he was like, okay, I'm still going to enter myself into the draft and see what happens. And he said he went first round because he killed the workouts, goes to the league, to the Lakers, and he proves, at least at this point in his career, he's a solid, he's a fringe NBA starter. And I think that was always his long-term goal. Prove to all the doubters he can play in the league long-term when execs, when his own college coach doubted him, and it's worked out. And I think at this point, he got a ring two to go with it. He just wants the bag. Now, Kristaps Porzingis is going to be a free agent should the Wizards bring him back. I think they should. I think with Washington, like you said, they just need a point guard. I like Monte a lot. I don't think Monte's a starter. Um, if Tyus Jones was available, they would they could for sure go after him. But they need a point guard. And I think the way the Wizards are constructed, they don't draft particularly well. The D.C. fans don't like the GM. Um, they feel like he's really just wasting the team. He doesn't want to rebuild all that. So if you just want to be competitive in the East, you got to bring back the guys on your squad that are talented. And you either got to add some new blood that could push them over the top, whether that's on the roster or I'll go a step farther, man, maybe get a new head coach because I don't know if coach Unsled is the answer for them. And then with the Blazers with Dame, he made a comment saying he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild. And I think what he's going to try to do, and I think we talked about this a little bit in the chat, I think he's going to try to kind of vaguely be like, get me the F out of here. But he can't say it because he kind of put himself in the corner. Because during the KD era, he was the main one like, y'all joining super teams. I'm a real one. 
like I said, that real one stuff is fine when you win a championship. All right. <laughs> hey, when you I remember Hakeem was talking about get me out of Houston. They said, nah, we good, stay. He won two chips, legacy submitted. I remember when Kobe was like, get me out of LA. They was like, nah, chill. We're going to build around you. He won two chips. Remember when Giannis, when he flamed out in the bubble, we like, damn. A lot of people say he can't win as the lead guy. I'm like, shit, he could win as the lead guy, but I don't know if it's in Milwaukee. Stayed, won a chip. Bro, Dame is not on a level, bro. Like, and the team is not built good enough around him to where he can stick with the, I want to stick it in Portland and win. I like what Shadon Sharp can be, but he's, what, not 20 years old yet? And everything projected on him being a, a top-tier NBA talent is like five, six years down the line. Anthony Simons is a poor man, CJ McCollum. And Nert is beat up, broken, and old, bro. Like, it, it's done. And I think if he goes to Portland and just tells him, look, I want you to send me to wherever, they'll do that for him. They will. Yeah. They'll hook him up. They're not going to send him to a trash situation. But I think what Portland needs to do is they need to save Dame from himself. You need to come up to Dame and say, look, dog, we heard everything you said. We gave you the lifetime contract with the Blazers. So wherever you go, that max deal is going with you. You're going to get paid regardless. We are going to trade you, man. Give us your destinations. We're going to ship you out here during the offseason, send you to the ideal destination where you can rent a chip, and then we're going to move on as well. They need to make the business decision, not just – for Dame's sake, but for theirs. Because Portland, I, honestly, bro, I think Portland has some nice young pieces. But Dame is holding them up because he still thinks he can win a ring there. So that's the whole holder there with the Blazers and the Wizards. I think those are two teams that are ideal when it comes to the conversation of they should blow it up. Um, I had the Dubs up here, had the Wolves and the Lakers. The Warriors take. I know you're a little interested. So, so this is what I'm gonna say. Warriors, bro, they shouldn't blow. Hey, you gonna like this? You gonna like this? Oh, no, real, the real quick. Kansas State just beat Michigan State. It was 90, 93. Uh, it was. It was ninety six to ninety three. Okay. Uh, Michigan State had the ball. Powell steals it, runs down for the for the game, and and wins the game that way. Strips him at the buzzer. Crazy. Yeah. Love that K State. Love it. Elite eight. Final four teams still alive. But look, you don't yeah, like this yeah. about the war. You don't like this about Golden State. Don't panic. I uh -uh. think Golden State will be fine next year. I still think the dynasty over. I don't see no more chips in their future. But I think they found something with Jonathan Kaminga. And all they've shown to me throughout this year is they just need an actual center. Because Kevon Looney, I mean, he's cool, but he's pretty undersized. And every time he plays big opposition, he gets destroyed on the glass and they get killed on offensive rebounds and they lose. So I think Draymond, he has a player option. He's not going to exercise it, so he'll be free. And I think with Wiggins coming back next year, Kaminga developing, and they still got Moses Moody on the roster as well on the wing, I think you can let Draymond walk. Your starting five next year could be Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Kaminga, and either Looney can come off the bench, and you could potentially get Brooke Lopez a free agent, bro. Like, you could get Brooke Lopez. Imagine Brooke Lopez on the squad. That's a solid team that's back to competing out West like we thought. So I think the Dubs, they don't have to blow it up. Just a slight retool, I would say, for me there. 
and then with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Wait, well, hold on, hold on. What'd you say about Poole? Poole, oh, Poole gonna still Poole coming off the bench. He's still there. Poole coming off the bench. Look, don't hey Clem, don't tell me. <laughs> you off the bro. I, is you like them cats on Twitter? The cats on Twitter like trade Poole. I'm talking about Warrior fans. They're like, get Poole out of there. I don't say trade him. But he hasn't played well. And that's my guy. He hasn't played well. Um, do you keep Poole around another year? Or are you entertaining some phone calls to see what you could potentially I'm entertaining. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Hello? Oh, you ain't called me? Well, we on the phone. I called you. Uh, what you think about Poole? <laughs> Get that man out of there, man. Get him out of there, if, bro. If you could trade Jordan Poole and get a like, damn, like who would want Poole and you could get somebody back? Where it's like, okay, like uh, in in a if he wasn't an injury risk, I think like a, like a guy like a Jonathan Isaac. They need okay. somebody who's gonna right. come in, play solid defense. Look, who knows? Maybe you could. Maybe you can convince. The Toronto Raptors to throw OG Ananobi into a deal. They might ask with Amiga as well. Um, they, but yeah, you know, yeah. There's a world where you know you might be able to get them if they value Poole that much because they do need like a a shot creating um, guard. But I I just I don't know, man. I think they overpaid him because of the punch, and they did. Defense isn't getting any better. Seeing what he is on offense and he's not very confident guy, which is really good and needed. But when um, he off, yeah, he, when he off, yeah, he's off. Woo! And, and they try to nothing else, and nothing else. And so they try him at point. They try him at point guard. He's not a point guard because he doesn't have great guard. handles. He be thinking he magic out there. He'll turn he the ball hands. over. I think he. Got, I think he's a solid playmaker, but he's just like. He's a he's he's a six man, bro. Like Jamal yeah. Crawford, Jamal like, Crawford, Jr. Um, Smith, Lou Will, Jr. Smith, yeah. Lou Will. Like that's yeah. his lane. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But if you ask any of those guys, like what happened when we asked Jr. Smith to start a final? What happened? That man I mean, started. He, he was kind of washed at that, that time. But yeah, okay, I'll but it. still, like young Jr. Yeah. was worse. He used to do all types of dumb stuff. Oh, true, true. But, you know, like Poole's not a dumb player. Like he doesn't make like he doesn't make the best decisions, but it's not like head scratches like Jr. But anyways, go ahead. I, I interrupt. Yeah, um, bro, Miami Heat dog. I, is Jimmy Butler's days over? Like, I, if they under it, look, let's be honest, because we had this conversation, kind of got on my my nerves, my guy, with this take, because you stay on, you. stay on the whole well. The Heat and the Warriors, bro. They pat, bro. I'm like, I'm living in the now. Miami, bro. They was, they was just in the I, conference finals. But look who they got to play round one. They gonna have to play Boston. Are they beating Boston? We don't know that sure? yet. We don't know that yet. The, the seed is not, it's not solidified right now. Right now, they're the seventh seed. So yes, they might have to play Boston. But they almost beat them last year. They almost yeah. beat them last year. They and did. I, I think, I think they're going to. There's, I think the the Brooklyn, uh, but then they have to play Philly. Um, yeah, that, right, I, thank you. I just want to. <laughs> then, then they have to I play. Mean, then if they get the five, you gonna have to play Cleveland, bro. Like I think. That, so so in, in my mind, this is what I, this is why. I, I think they can work their way to the fifth seed. That's that's what that's what I think. This I think that I think they're gonna end up the fifth seed in the East, and they'll end up playing Cleveland in the first round. 
That's where it gets interesting. It does. I don't know if they can beat Cleveland, but I'm definitely, if I had to choose, I'm picking Miami uh, in that series. No, I understand that. But I just don't think they're washed, bro. I I don't. I think I, I think Jimmy Jimmy is still continuing to prove himself. Um, Bam has gotten way better offensively this year, more assertive. It's just, I mean, I think they need to replace Lowry and get a true four. Yeah, but they do. I think those two, Jimmy and Bam, like as long as you got those two, you got Hero coming off the right. bench. I think he's solid. I just think they peaked with Jimmy Butler as their best player. And and that wasn't a bad peak, bro. Like they made the finals during the pandemic. Cool. And they were a game away from going to the finals. So that's not bad. All right. They Jimmy Butler revitalized heat culture. And I, I know somebody online was like, How are we gonna remember Jimmy Butler? I say he's basically Kawhi Leonard without the rinks. I mean, it's unfortunate, but that's what it is. But I think they've peaked with him as their best player. And if they're able to offset him and get some assets, younger pieces to potentially build around Bam and Tyler Hero. You probably need to because right now, Boston, Milwaukee, Cleveland, they're not going anywhere because their best players are in the 25, the 29. They're not going nowhere. So if you could find a way to get somebody to replace Jimmy, which is hard, it's easier said than done, then you need to. But it's all up to Jimmy Butler, bro, because when they had that stretch where they was losing to the Magic and those guys, he was looking frustrated. But they're going to go home in the first round. Whether they play Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, uh, Cleveland, they're going home. They're going home this year, which means it's over. <laughs> because Cleveland, Milwaukee, Philly, well, I don't know about Philly. We got to see what James Harden going to do. But we know Cleveland, Milwaukee, and Boston, they're not going nowhere for the foreseeable future. So you, Pat Riley got to make some tours. He's got to make some tough decisions. And the easiest one is offload Jimmy for some assets. So I mean, that's... the only thing, bro. Like I feel like everybody, it's just the same thing when people be like, "Oh, this guy's a top ten player," or they say like, "Oh, this guy should be all NBA." It's like there's only so many spots. So it's like, of course, if you're going if you're gonna recommend that they offload Jimmy. You gotta also understand that Jimmy's not like obviously he's not like a generational player, but he's a franchise player, and those guys are pretty rare as well. And if you're, if you're getting – whatever you get back, it's not going to equate to Jimmy Butler. And you're probably going to be looking at years and years and years of tanking, which is probably going to end up forcing Bam out the door, maybe even forcing Hero out the door. But Bam is not a number one. I don't even think he's a number two on the championship team. I think he's more in that three range. For sure. Um, so I think it'll be – easier for them to get a true number one to play with that team than it would be to find a guy to replace Jimmy and still find a way to be winning. But uh if if New Orleans knocks on your door and says Zion for Jimmy, you doing it? Bro, they're not trading Zion. First hold on. Hold on. Don't even even get me started with this, bro. Zion has played 114 games in three years. People, sure. people, bro, people be forgetting Joe LMB didn't even reach 100-plus games until his fifth season. He didn't, Fifth for sure. season. Yeah. People forgetting that. Why, why y'all acting that like, happened. like, and Joe LMB was, he was, like, having 
surgery procedures done for every little thing. Like sure. Zion, it's a hamstring. Like he's a big boy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Take time for him. He down in New Orleans. He eating good. You know what I'm saying? He is. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I think everybody is like his weight. Like everybody gains and loses weight differently. Like I think he has one. He's one of the people with a very slow metabolism. So when he's not running, yeah. Whenever he's hurt, like it takes so much longer for him to come back because he gains a bunch of weight and then he has to like lose all of it and get back into shape. Now everybody can't be LeBron, you know, snap back into shape. But <laughs> I chill out on Zion, man. I'm not acting like my man ain't. You know what I'm saying? I hope he come back and get the chaos to the 10th seed. Let's go, Zion. Let's go. I believe in you, man. Look, I, I'll say this about Zion. Pelicans going to give him one more year. If he get hurt again next year, he's on the chopping block, as he should. That's fair. Um, That's fair. I know you're I know you going to die on the Zion Hill. I respect that. I jumped off that hill two years ago. i let <laughs> you know why. I'm looking like I'm right. I don't want to be right. I don't. And we all know when the when the when the job stuff happened when he got suspended. Popular conversation was, hey, who you taking number one? Suspension job or injured Zion? I'm like, bro, I'm taking suspended job, bro. Just get just get bro a, a mentor. Just wait, just and, wait, bro. Just, ooh, and, 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 and we hooping. Look, and yeah, also I keep that same energy, man. And, and also, I gotta I gotta burst your bubble again, bro. You're right on Joel Embiid. But Zion's not Joel Embiid, bro. Joel Embiid. Even when he's semi-healthy, is a top five player in the game. That's okay, a dominant force we, offensively. We, we and a dominant about, force defensively. We're talking about okay, you're right there. Right. But Joel Embiid, when he started playing like his first two full seasons, yeah. was not as good offensively as Zion, was not getting exactly. the accolades that Zion was getting. So I would say probably, you know, after that sixth, seventh season, yes. Joel Embiid was definitely like different stratosphere. But let's not forget too, like three years ago, Joel Embiid wasn't even in the NBA uh, MVP conversations most years. He wasn't, for sure. But like this is still a relative new, and Joel is in his prime, like he's 27, 28 years old. Zion's 22, bro. Like he has time. He's going to get there. Give him time, bro. Y'all giving up on this man so fast. Y'all be the same one. Man. Oh, man, Zion, Zion Cole, bro. Zion, generational talent, bro. I'm like, I'm be sitting there. I'm like, all right, look, I told y'all. Look, here's an unfortunate reality, man. You're not the only one. couple cats I know online, I know when Zion was really hooping, but Monty Jones was like, yeah, yeah, beating his chest. And I, I don't know what I said, but I was like, all right, okay, we're going to see. And we saw. Look, I ain't got nothing against Zion. I want bro to be successful. He played for my hometown team. I get all that. But as you get older, your health concerns, they don't just go away. And the weight issues just don't go away either. And he just can't really stay on the floor. And I I don't want the Pelicans to eventually put themselves in a tough spot to where Zion becomes damaged goods. And you can't offset that man for any type of assets that you could get back and build the whole team. I'm not gonna blame. I'm never gonna blame the Pelicans for taking Zion number one. I thought Zion was the stuff coming out of college. I thought he was the second coming of LeBron and uh, some whole other cats. I get all that, but the reality of the situation is the weight concerns haven't disappeared, and he can't stay healthy. And I understand the Joel Embiid comp. I get all that, and his Zion's art in his career early on compared to Embiid. That's comparing the sun to some dirt. Like I understand, but. Oh. Because you know, in B first two years, he was out, like he wasn't playing. Um, but 
Joel Embiid still has injury concerns now. I think they played Chicago last night. He was out with a calf strain. And so, yeah. like, that that's why guys aren't confident picking Philly in the playoffs because either Harden or Embiid going to be hurt. And so that's just the unfortunate reality with Zion. So interested to see what the Pelicans do there. But, hey, look, if Zion's able to do what he needs to do and in the next few years stays healthy and balls out, it won't shock me. It was never a knock against his talent. It's just like, can he be healthy enough? And right okay, now, okay, but but you can't you can't say it, it's not going to shock me. But then also be saying they need to be trading him. Like I feel like those are two different ends of the the, uh, the spectrum for you to be like, well, okay. I think they should trade him. But if it works out, then yeah, like I, I'm not surprised. So which one is it? Like, do you believe it's going to work out and they should keep him? Or do you think they should trade him because you never think he's going to really be healthy enough? I think, unfortunately, he's <clears throat> he's injury prone. So I think because of that, it's not going to work out. But if okay. it does work out because he's healthy and he balls out, I'm not shocked because he's that talented. It's just I don't have a lot of confidence in his health being maintained. And I said a couple years ago, when him and his family was kind of like, yo, we not really feeling the city of New Orleans. I was like, bro, trade him to Detroit, get K Cunningham, and then we'll call it a day. Now, granted, K can't stay healthy either. So, I mean, <laughs> that I would help. But they stuck with him. The issue they did, they gave him the extension. I I, I don't know if I'm giving him well a deserved. max deal. Well, de- well deserved. Well deserved. I don't know if I'm giving <laughs> Exactly. I don't know if I'm giving him a max. Now, I know the max is incentivized to give them cover, but I'm not giving bro a max, bro. Like, he's not playing enough. And so now it's gotten to the point where now it's tapping into your game. Because if he's playing full seasons, we can now discover – all right, these are Zion's deficiencies. This is what he needs to work on. He'll come back and get better. But all we're seeing is him playing at this incredible upside peak, and then he gets hurt. And then we're all like, dang, like, if he come back, he could, he could. But, I mean, not a consistent shooter. Handle kind of iffy. Don't rebound like he should. He's not a great on-ball defender. Like, I mean, I mean these, are, these are issues that if he's healthy – you know, his first early part of his career, he could probably resolve a couple of them. And so that's really the huge concern right now. So he gets one more year, one more year with the Pels. If he gets hurt again, like, I, unfortunately, I think he will. They got to move on. And, you know, I trade him to D.C., get Bradley Beal if you can. Now, Bradley Beal, he got, like, that trade clause, so he can control where he wants to go. He probably don't want to go there. But, hey, ship him to Portland. See if you could get named. I don't know. I mean, that these are these are things they could be thinking about and seeing. So we'll see from there. But to wrap this up, Wolves, Lakers, I'm going to touch base on them. Minnesota, Clem, they got Conley at the deadline to replace D'Lo. Pat came back yesterday. He looked decent. And unfortunately for us, because we both had high expectations for the Wolves, I think they're going to put it together a little bit too late. But how do you like the upside next season? Because they're going to have – you know, Conley, I think, has one more year in his deal. I think they're going to exercise that. He'll still be there. I really think they should bring back Nas Reed, but he's a free agent, and he could get the bag. Do you like the Wolves' upside going forward with now Mike Conley being a point guard instead of D'Angelo Russell? I do, um, especially with um, J-Mac making the – strides that he's been making offensively. We already knew he was a good defensive player. 
But now he's sending, you know, he's he's putting the ball up, putting the ball up, putting it in the hoop. He's looking more confident. Look, it's very premature take. Okay. But I but I blinked. I blinked a couple times during the game. And I looked. And I thought I saw Scotty and Michael real quick. I said, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Whoa. What? Oh. I was like, very, very premature taste. <laughs> but similar to how we were talking about the Golden State in, in Memphis. Memphis, okay. I think they can be, like, obviously a less talented version of that duo. Um, But I think there's a world where they could be the next big duo that comes out of nowhere because Ant has continued to make strides. I think he's going to be an all-NBA guy next year. Um, and I think they could probably finish in the top four next year because I yeah. think I think Gobert's the type of guy, like, it's going to take him a year. And he's he's it adapted. And, and to his credit... As the year went on, he's gotten steps, better. Yeah. yeah, he's trying new things. He's... He's like he looks a way more competent around the basket. Like he's doing, he's like he's not like pulling the Ben Simmons where he's just like, well, this is who I am. I'm not doing nothing right. else. Like he's actually trying to add into his game, and I'm seeing it work and help in real time. And they're getting an identity. They're a defensive first team, and this yeah. is why I love Mike Conley with them because not only can he stretch the floor, so when Ant is ready to cook, and as uh, J Mac continues to progress, and if they keep Cat, um, um, Conley's going to get open looks, and he's a veteran. He's going to make those when it counts. And he's not the defensive player he once was, but once upon a time, he was one of the best defensive guards in the league. And then we've seen with Chris Paul, we've seen with Mike, uh, uh, Mike Lowry, <laughs> Kyle Lowry, <laughs> um, and a lot of older point guards, even though they don't have the mobility defensively, they're still very smart on the defensive end. So I think he can help point guard on defense um, as well as on offense. And then you have Ant, who's a great two-way player, Rudy Gobert, who's a great defender. Um, uh, J-Mac is a great defender and developing the offensive game. It's just come down to town. So sneaker pick, I keep bringing OG on and but I feel like he's like the missing piece for every team. Yeah, if they could flip, <laughs> if they could flip OG Ananobi for a cat, I think now, I think now Kat, you can really double down yeah. on defensive ability there. You could. But it would. It would. It, it would. You would have to see um, McDaniel take a significant jump this off season. But he did take a significant jump last season too. They talked he about did. it um, in the off season. But yeah, it should be interesting. I think. I think they. They're gonna be a better team next year for sure. Yeah, I don't think they need an OG because McDaniel's is taking that leap as a defender. He's another guy. I think he's gonna be he's an all defensive first he's team. He is thin. That's true. Um, and I think the cat and dynamic on and off the they like hooping with each other. And I think they really like each other as people. And Towns is their guy. I think Towns has become their homegrown talent, their new KG that they wanna just having the building for a substantial period of time, that became evident when he lost his mom to COVID. They really rallied behind him, made sure to let him and his family know, we got y'all, like, you are guy. And I think he's always going to have loyalty for that because of that. So Towns, Towns likes playing there. 
Ant like playing there. Conley and Gobert have history. They have chemistry. Um, they're relatable. So he's not going to be super down on Gobert messing up like Devo was, according to what I read. And that's allowed Gobert the second half of the season, like you said, expand his game. Now he's confident because he knows Conley going to give me the rock. And mm-hmm. once my teammates see I'm being effective, Ant going to give me the rock too. And in towns, it's just, I've been saying it all. They're a team where they need it this year to find an identity. And it's unfortunate that mm-hmm. this is going to be the year that they don't live up to expectations that we projected them to have coming into the season. But I think they need it this year to carve out an identity. And next year is going to be the season where they put it all together. And I'm going to have them top four again. And I like what they're building. But focusing on this year, all right, let's say seventh seed. You know, they're not that far behind the Warriors. They play the Warriors this weekend. We saying all this, they could be the sixth seed, bro. I, they, they still got a shot. Yeah. They could be the sixth seed and play Sacramento. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think, I think they will the too. And if they play Sacramento round one, I like their chances because they defend. Now, stopping that, you know, you got to be able to score with sacks, so that would be interesting. But um, they could still be a playoff team. But I think the remainder of the schedule this season is going to be about building momentum for the offseason, and I like what they have. They had to redefine the identity, losing Beverly, making that trade for Gobert. They got laughed at a lot this year, but as everything started to calm down, it I could see the light. It's just the light at the end of the tunnel ain't this season. It's going to be next year, but I like these shots. Lakers, and then we're going to wrap it up. Before we do the Lakers, I'm going to do the Bulls. Didn't really touch base on them. Um, Patrick Beverly, man, he's done it again. And I think his his intensity going to lead these dudes to the playoffs, out of the play-in. But they're not beating Milwaukee. And so I expect them this offseason to move on from Vucevic, probably trade DeRozan. And... Uh, it depends on their picks, bro. Like, if they don't have the luxury to blow it up and have draft picks, because I know they traded some in the marketing deal. If they don't have that luxury, then I think they're forced to run it back one more time instead of. But maybe you could swap out Vucevic for a Brook Lopez or somebody else and see what you can do. But it's weird for them, bro, because this year they can beat the good teams but lose to the trash cans. Last year, they could beat the trash cans, but lose to the good team. So that's been their microcosm all your own. And I got to give it up to your boy, Lonzo Ball. Unfortunate that he's going to be out again next year. He was really their heart and soul. Was How not do you feel huge... about – sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I'll say this, and then you can ask your question. Was not a huge Lonzo Ball fan when he was with the Bulls, but it's clear since he's been out, they're not the same team. That's why they had to go get Beverly to bring that defensive intensity and that that leadership and just really that playmaking ability too. And you can see the difference. Um, they're going to have to find a way to resolve that crater ball has left long-term. And if that's giving Beverly another one-year deal, so you could run it back next year with Beverly there, okay, but you got to find a replacement. I like Io. I don't know if Io's a starter, but ask your question. How do you feel about Kyrie going to Chicago? I had that on my list. Okay. Um, I don't think it's a great idea just because the yeah. three ball dominant guys, um, none of them really play defense. Even though Zach Levine claims he's a great um, on ball defender. He, he does. Okay. Um, Got the measurables. <laughs> but I, 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 I do think that Chicago is going to get the 18. I think that yeah. the net will fall 
into seven or eight. Miami's going to move into six. Atlanta's going to yeah. beat them in the first round of the play-in. And then they'll – Chicago will beat the Nets in the second round. Um, or in the in second round of play-in. So. But, yeah, that I'm just trying to think of what they can do to get better without blowing everything up. Because, I, I don't know, in a way I like the Levine, the Rosen combo. I just think they need – the appropriate pieces around them. Like if if Patrick, if they would have never made that trade, right? I know hindsight twenty twenty. Like if they still had Lori Marketing and Wendell mm. Carter, mm. like would and you can leave Pat Bev there, right? And like, you can still I get the Rosen. True. Yeah. Yeah. Or even let's say let's say they let's say they just had Wendell Carter and um and Patrick Williams was playing up to his expectation like let's say he was like having like a we just talked about jd mcdaniels like he was progressing like like that yeah. you know what i'm saying like i just think they need defense and playmaking around them like they just want to go out there and cook and then have guys around them who will do everything else but who knows who knows what happened well with Kyrie, i think he's staying with the maths um I think the, I think him and Mark and Luca. I think they've all had a conversation, and I think they've chalked up this year as you know the lost season, but they want to build around Luca and Kyrie long term. Uh, Kyrie wants his bag. I think Cuban will give it to him because he wants to put butts in seats, and I think Kyrie has a great rapport with Jason Kidd. Now, if we're saying basketball wise, horrible decision. Let yeah. Kyrie walk. You big <laughs> tell Luca to change his game. And bring defensive-minded catch-and-shoot guys around that team and get an actual big because they haven't had an actual big in a while. I know McGee is on the roster. They don't play him. Yeah. I don't understand why. Um, now, with Chicago, I think the issue with the Bulls is we got to have this conversation. They don't develop their draft picks very well. I think the best mm-hmm. development they've had is what? Kobe Derrick White? Rose. Well, oh, you're talking about Derrick Rose is a long, long time ago. I'm, I'm going to say <laughs> after the Derrick Rose era, when Thibs left, Okay, when Tibbs left. Now, when Tibbs was there, bro, mm-hmm. <laughs> great. D. Rose, Butler, Butler. Noah, Taj, Luo. Oh, yeah, great. But Tibbs is gone. Since Tibbs has left, they don't develop their draft picks very well. Wendell Carter was cool. He goes to the they Magic. Trade like, him. They traded him, right. But when he was there, he was cool. But he wasn't groundbreaking. Trade him to Orlando. He looks like a starter. When he was with Chicago, I'm thinking, second, you and a guy with the Magic, he's a starter. Laurie Markinen showed flashes his rookie year. Then he got hurt. Then he fell out with the coaching staff. And upper management was like, well, we want to keep, we're going to choose the coaching staff over our lottery draft pick. And they just traded him away. And he's blowing up with the Utah Jazz. So they don't, they don't develop talent very well. Like Kobe White's been their best success story, but they had to move him around the roster. And he eventually found his niche as the sixth man as a lead guard and Darius hates his gut. So there you go. I mean, uh, and I can't give him that much credit with Ayo because Ayo, when he came out of college was a polished product. So he came in, did his job, backup guard. Cool. Patrick Williams. I knew the fan for coming out of Florida state. This is with all of these Florida state hoopers. They come into the league and they very raw Isaac Williams Barnes. And it's kind of like, you got to kind of hope they go to a team that could develop them. Isaac and Barnes did. Patrick Williams didn't. 
And I feel like what's going to happen with Patrick Williams, like a lot of these Bulls players, he's going to go somewhere else. They're going to get maximum ability out of him, and he's going to look like a better mm. player. So I think with Chicago, they don't develop the draft picks that they do have. And then with the free agent signings they've been able to get, it just hasn't really clicked. Like, they're not a bad team talent-wise. It just hasn't fixed. It just hasn't came together. And I think a lot of that's coaching, lack of a point guard, true leadership. I think those are issues. So I don't know what the Bulls should do, but I think I think you're going to really run it back with, you know, DeRozan, Levine. I don't think Vucevic will be there, but I think they're going to run it back with that duo and then hope, you know, with Billy Donovan. So we'll see where that goes. The Lakers, before we wrap this up, I said they don't make the playoffs, which there's a chance they, they kind of might not make the playoffs. I think they will, but they might not make it. Um. I'm thinking move on from AD or Bron. Are you co-signing that? Now, right now, the organization is like they like what D'Lo brought to the table. They like what Vandals brought. So that core that they got from the deadline, they want another season of them, which is fine. But I I just feel like LeBron's breaking down right before our eyes. AD can't stay healthy long term. Why run back the injury circus when you could just move on? And get draft picks back for these guys. If they don't make the playoffs this year, Clem, should they blow it up? Um, once again, it's just like when you blow it up, the question is, what are you replacing it with? And the Lakers franchise does they don't want to go back into that lottery year after year after year process like they did. Um when Kobe was slowing down. Right. Um, LeBron saved them from that. He did. And even though they're kind of back in that <laughs> the last couple of years. Right. I don't think I don't think they're going to do it. I think their mindset's gonna be this team needs more time to gel. But I think what's gonna happen is they're gonna come back next year and the same thing's gonna happen. Yes. D'Angelo <laughs> Russell's gonna be D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, LeBron's gonna be hurt. AD's yep. gonna be hurt. He's gonna be hurt. Malik they're gonna be, gonna be in Malik. the bottom of the conference. Yeah. They're gonna be complaining after the first twelve games when they're mm-hmm. underperforming. All right. They'll try to make a trade again, and the same story is gonna happen next year. Where it's like, oh well, LeBron's coming back, and AD's <laughs> ramping back up. And uh, D'Angelo Russell has changed his mindset. <laughs> like, it, it, it's it's the same thing that's going to happen. And I don't think that a, a switch is going to be made until the, not this coming summer, but summer after when LeBron's contract is actually up. I think then they'll part ways and they'll either yeah. keep AD and build around him or they'll trade AD um, to get pieces because I think that there are there's going to be a lot of players who grew up watching Kobe who's going to want to come to the Lakers and try to relive that um Laker glory days but <laughs> i don't think it's going to like pan out the same way but i, know either, I can bro. definitely see Jason Tatum coming over and trying to you know do something or even Jalen Brown um who knows like Damian Lillard, that might be the one, only thing that might bring him over, or Kyrie Irving, like, because Dallas thing, I don't think this is going to work out next year. I think 
by the mid midway next year and the next year, he's gonna be ready to be out the door. So, you know, I think I think they'll they'll have somebody uh, a young star who's gonna want to come in. Hey, Giannis, I've I've heard a couple. Yeah, couple his girl things, liked the Lakers. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you know, Kareem went from Milwaukee. that Kareem arc. <laughs> you know, um, Orlando, Orlando always draft number one picks. Like in the true, true, true. So, Paolo may be on his way. He may be the first guy to break that rookie contract. I think they have a good team, a great team. So, I hope that doesn't happen. But it, I can definitely see it happen, man. Um, I, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're gonna break anything up this offseason. But I think next season, when LeBron's contract is up, Bronny James, it might be entering the league. Um, I think that's when they'll go their separate ways. They won't, but they need to. I, I, it's time. Like I think the window has officially closed. You're right. I, they've said all the right things. I think LeBron is probably gonna come back healthy again. So is AD. They're, everybody's gonna say the right things, and they're gonna be like, "This is our year." But I think the the window's over. The window closed when they won the championship in the bubble. And they should be grateful I, that they did because if they, they did, didn't, if they didn't, right? Like they talk about the Clippers, I, boy. No, uh, okay, I'm I'm saying so. <laughs> they, I'm saying like, look, I know Bron fans don't like hearing it. Laker fans probably don't either, but honestly, Laker fans shouldn't care, bro. Y'all got like 16 chips, but Bron fans don't like hearing it. But bro, like if the bubble didn't happen, I don't see them winning a chip, bro. Like in normal set, I don't. Um. Yeah. I don't, but they won. But then after that, they've either never won another playoff series again when they were in the postseason, or they never made the playoffs at all. And LeBron's wearing down, like I said, right before our eyes, and AD can't stay healthy. Trade them now when they have value, and they could honestly take the Clipper approach. And what I mean by that is the Clippers blew up Lob City, got a ton of picks, drafted SGA, got some glue guys in there, were competitive for about a few seasons, and then when some marquee free agents became available, it was like, come to the Clips. Lakers can do the same stuff, bro. And to be honest, they can sell to their fan base. They've done it before, and they have the banners to survive off of it as well. Sell to the fan base, look, for the next two to three years, we're going to try to be competitive. We're not winning a championship, but we're going to try to be competitive. But the long-term goal, get Giannis when he's free. Because Giannis like to be seen. Giannis girl like the Lakers. I think Giannis might have visions of Hollywood. You could probably get Giannis on the Lakers, hey, but he can happen. Giannis come to, if Giannis comes to the Lakers, I'm going back to my roof. Hey, I might have to be a Laker to myself, Giannis. My God. So, I mean, yeah, like if he go, that's what they should be doing. That's the long-term plan, getting Giannis. But the only way Giannis is going to come, you got to have a culture because Giannis is a culture guy. You got to be building something, look like you're trying to win. I think that's the vision. That's what the vision should be long-term. But I think what they're going to do, they're going to run it back one more year. And that's a death sentence because Golden State going to be better. Minnesota going to be better. Memphis not going nowhere. Denver not going nowhere. OKC going to take that next up. Oh, come on, man. Uh, New Orleans, I mean, you just need Zion to just make it. They going to be better. Like, I mean, look, that's a gauntlet, bro. So Phoenix with the right, like come on, like I just don't see how the Lakers running back, they coming out the West. I don't see how they can win a playoff series. So this is the time to blow it up. They won't, and I think, look, like I said, best case scenario, 
they missed the play-in. They in the lottery. Hey, man, lottery balls could go either way. You 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 pick in the top five or something. You get a young talent. No, but and... remember if they if they pick in the oh that's true the, the Pelicans top... they, they yeah the swap. Pelicans get there yeah so 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 they're so they're doomed so basically <laughs> they're doomed. look basically Lakers kind of got to make the play in make the playoffs I it, it's just bro like I've seen this before but like they're not good and so I think what they should do long term blow it up and blow it up sell to the fan base next two to three years we're gonna try to build a new culture with. The goal of getting Giannis. You get Giannis in LA. You back in it. That'll probably be in the next two to three years. Cause I don't think Giannis is staying with the Bucks. He I've heard too many times from his own mouth him basically say, you know, I mean, Milwaukee's cool, but I mean, I don't know if I'm hooping here long term. I, last year was, hey, I could be in Chicago. You know, and everybody's like, oh, Giannis with the Bulls. Uh so I don't think he's gonna be with I think. When his contract's done and he's won about another two championships, he's going to be moving on. And I think the Lakers will be the top. I think he's going to pick a big market spot because Giannis has slowly shown as he's gotten higher and higher in the fame stratosphere. He liked to be seen. Bro. He liked a lot of star players. He liked the spotlight. He liked to be seen. He liked the attention. He's going to want to try to go somewhere where he can get all that. And I think it's either going to be L.A. or don't rule out Toronto. I, I don't think he would mind not going to the Raptors because he could look at that as, man, I could be Kawaba better. Like, I could run this country. I could win a cup. I'll be Mr. Canada. And, you know, Masai love, love the African brethren. So, I mean, hey, like, he could, you know, he could go there. So, hey, um, I'm calling it now. Tatum and Giannis going to be in that purple and gold, baby. Purple and gold, Tatum and Giannis. It's going to be the next big, <laughs> big Laker duo. Yeah, if, they get, if they get Magic and Kareem is about to be Giannis and, and Kobe and Powell forgot to is about to be Giannis and Tatum, man. It's if coming. they get Gian, if they get Giannis and Tatum, it's over, bro. Like look, our and it would kill. I mean, but mind you, mind you, this is like three years from now. Giannis years is already now. like 28, so he's gonna be yeah. 31. 31. That's true. So he may it's not true. be at you know. All right. The and way you, we see him now. And I saw, you know, at the look, the all-star games now. This is where you build your connects. I saw Tatum and Giannis talking, he yeah. and you know, I mean, there's that too. I mean, mm-hmm. look, I know Jalen Brown don't mess with Giannis, but hey, Jalen Brown, another topic. We're gonna talk about him next yeah. week. It's getting crazy <laughs> over there. But like, hey, this is what the Lakers fans should be hoping on because you're not winning no more championships in the next two years, yeah. but at the end of the decade, I could see another banner in L- in the Staples Center. I could see it, just not with this core. But um, that's it for episode nine. It was great talking to my man Clement Gibson about NBA yes, once again. Heading into next week, next week, my guy, or this week, finishing out this week. What are you looking forward to seeing as the playoff picture starts to shape itself in the East and man, the West? I couldn't wait for you to ask. I'm over here looking at the the games right now. The Pelicans. Our winning right now. No, hey. uh, in case you didn't know, mm-hmm. uh, Brennan Ingram has a triple double going into the fourth quarter, 30, 10, and 10. Love it, um, fantasy. Okay. And obviously, we know Zion may be coming back in two mm-hmm. weeks. So right. every win counts for the Pelicans. So definitely going to be paying attention to that. Going to be paying attention to Kawhi Leonard with and the Clippers. The Clippers. 
played Kawhi does not tonight. play back to backs, but they got two back to backs coming up. He's gonna have two this time. Yeah, he's gonna have to play, and if yeah, he doesn't, they're due. There's a chance the Clippers are gonna be in the play. Yeah, and I know Kawhi ain't messing with no playing, so he not. Right. Um, I mean, I and then the the most important, I cannot wait to see the second game in the play because. It's gonna it's gonna be a marquee name going home. That's in the true. Play. Yeah. It's either gonna be LeBron, yeah. it's gonna be Luca, or it's gonna be I don't know. I think I don't know if Kawhi can drop that low, but I feel like it's gonna be LeBron, Luca, or someone like that. It, we hey, thought. It, it could be Curry. Like you know, look, it could, I, I, it, it it could, could be it could be the Warriors. Right. It could be the Warriors. I mean, you know. Somebody gonna be very disappointed. I mean, cause Zion's coming back, you know. No, but th- those are the main things uh, I'm looking forward to. What about you? Yeah, same thing. Same. Look, I mean, I, I think in the East, we know that the East, the top four seeds, they set. All right. Um. Well, Boston, Milwaukee, they stay competing. You know, for the one seed, but we know the top four teams are. Um. Five through, I, I'm interested to see who's gonna get the seven and eight spots. I think a combination of the two New York teams and Miami, they'll probably be either five, six, or seven, and then that eight spot will probably come down to Chicago and Atlanta. I think that would be a very exciting playing game for real because I think both teams have equal level talent, equal level coaching. Intrigued to see how that shapes up, and then in the West, I want to see who is Denver and Memphis playing because a lot of look, it's missed, it's team hypothetical on NBA Twitter, bro. You got guys like, man, if the Lakers play the Nuggets, they can beat them. And then I'm trying to no. see Memphis and Golden State. I'm like, well, who's playing who in the first round? Because now Golden State, the way they playing, you know, they survived a little road session with two and three. We might see Phoenix versus Golden State, KD versus his former team. That might be spicy. We could get Kings, Timberwolves. We could get Memphis, OKC. I just want to see how it shakes up in the West. And I think the Western Conference playing, bro, like you said, Spicy basketball. Is yeah. we gonna have some heavy hitters, bro? Luca versus AD. Like, bro, that's that might be there. Ooh. Zion's return, bro. In the play, like it's gonna be Ooh. excellent TV, and I'm just intrigued to see how it is all gonna play out. Because, bro, I think we got a couple weeks left in the regular season, and in the play is yeah. April 11th. So that's really I'm really trying to see there. And then as the season goes on, the All NBA teams and the MVP race. We didn't really talk about the MVP race. We've been hearing the discussions throughout the week. We've heard, yo, Perk, you being racist, and Yogi should get this, <laughs> and then Boop get that. I'm going to be honest. I don't really care. You know my opinion on the MVP. That's a narrative-based award. Ultimately, your legacy is defined in the playoffs. Like, you could win as many MVPs as you want, but if you go out in the playoffs, nobody really going to remember you, bro, like like that. All right? They'll just use you, you winning the MVP against you if you go home in the playoffs. So, I'm just intrigued to see how all those accolades and things pan out. But, um, yeah, man, it's going to be a great, great week of basketball. This is the best time of the year. It's about to be the playoffs. It's about to be the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait for it. But um, me and Clem, we're going to be back to you guys regularly scheduled next Monday. But without further ado, this episode will be out tomorrow. Stay tuned till then. It's a great listen. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.